in the beginning, God didn't just create the heavens and America. Therefore, flying a flag won't make you look at him any more than putting his name on our money makes us a Christian nation. Family, there's a difference between one nation under God and one nation for God. There is a difference between national recognition of holy authority and referencing holy authority when it suits us. Want to celebrate freedom? Fight to make sure freedom exists for us all. And in doing so, not only will you champion freedom, you will also honor God. After all, it is for freedom we've been set free, not just our own, but for all those around us. Trust me, that'll go a lot further than shooting off Roman candles at night. Hey, y'all. Welcome to FaceTime Chats, a podcast where we discuss anything and everything related to living life as a human. I'm Ann. And I'm Stephanie. And we are your hosts. So typically, in America, it's considered rude to discuss politics. But today, we'll be rude AF and talk all things voting and politics. Trigger warning, if you are a heavy right-wing conservative you're probably not going to enjoy this show. So you yeah. should turn it off now so you can save yourself the energy. You've had fair warning. Okay. If you don't like what you hear, you've been warned. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so friend, election day is coming up and I'm really appreciative of the people on social media who have made it a point to emphasize that the election is currently happening. The election is not coming. The election is currently happening. Just the designated election day, it's on its way. Mm, that's a As, fair point. And I don't think I ever really thought about it that way. Yeah, I don't think I thought about it that way either. But it's valid because, mm -hmm. for instance, I know I've already voted. How about you? I have. And I voted by mail. I initially intended to vote by mail. And then I just, first of all, I got the ballot. I saw what I felt to be all the complications that were involved. And then I also was um, seeing on the news about the conversations around um, matching signatures and all this kind of crazy wahoo mm. mess that I was like, you know what? I'll just go to the election office. I'll surrender this ballot. I will just vote in person with my mask on. And that's what I did. There you go. And that's, that's a good call too. I debated back and forth whether I was going to go in person or use a mail-in ballot and I, I really went back and forth and debated and I still have that slight fear. I don't know if fear is maybe the right word to use, but because no. I had those same worries, the signature thing and the witness thing, I was like, wait, can someone that lives with me be my witness? To, well, can you have the same address? How are they going to know they have this address? They'd be, they'd be fine. And then um, I looked up the rules regarding a witness like 15 times and then it, I found uh, oh, your spouse can be your witness. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, we're actually not married. So cool. If a spouse can, then my boyfriend can be my witness. Great. Um, <laughs> and even the signature thing, like I actually got out my ID and tried to look at my signature <laughs> and make sure I matched it as closely as possible. I'm just like, okay, maybe this really won't be a big deal, but I'm just going to do this in case. <laughs> I swear to God. You see, all of those things are exactly why I was like, nope, I'm going to just go vote in person. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I certainly understand anyone's hesitancy or anyone's concern. 
And um, I support anyone choosing to vote what in whatever way makes them most comfortable as long as they vote. So if you have not voted yet, listeners, and you know who you're voting for, which personally I would hope that you already know by this point, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what you're waiting on, but there's no reason to wait for November 3rd. You can go vote now. Yeah, you can. Yeah. So that said, I thought that with Election Day coming up, it would be good for us to have just a general conversation around um, our own political leanings and what we think about politics Mm -hmm. um, to begin to open up that conversation. I know that you and I have talked a little bit, but I don't know that we've talked in depth that much about politics. Yeah, it's like it comes up in normal conversation, whether that's regarding civil rights or our thoughts on that or here and there and you know, our FaceTime chats. Uh, But yeah, we've never sat down in this format with pointed questions that we have to think about and answer. (laughs) Agreed. So let's just start out with um, what is your general feeling about politics? Like Mm. when you think about politics, what comes to mind? Honestly, my general feeling right now is annoyed. Mm. Uh, (laughs) The political atmosphere in America right now is so messy and contentious. You know, because America proposes this two-party system for an entire country, eliminating any other option, they give you this facade that you do have another option. Like you can vote libertarian or something else, another third party, but it doesn't really, like if you look into the system, I've learned cool, you know, there's a lot of research going into how that specific system, if you vote for a third party, it would initially turn into a vote for Trump. And, you know, it, it's messy and confusing. And honestly, I feel like misleading that I never really realized was misleading yeah. until recently. And in today's climate, I've never felt a greater divide between two sides. It's almost painted as oh, it's black and white, you know, and oh, hey. (laughs) (laughs) If only I could Um, put in a clip of Michael Jackson right there. It's black, it's white. Yeah, (laughs) perfect. Um, And it's, or like good versus evil. No, our side's the right side. It's the best side. We're telling the truth and they're lying. And then even, you know, even on the more liberal side where I find myself in adulthood, even them, they're saying the same thing. Like, no, we're right and you're wrong. And it's like, okay, something is broken here. (laughs) Yeah, I have generally, I think, always felt annoyed by politics I don't know if it's the socialist in me. I don't know if it's just my general personality that I feel like we should just do things that make sense. And if you're here to serve the people, you're here to serve the people and not yourself. But for for myself, as long as I have been conscious of politics, Mm -hmm. I have felt this disconnection. um, And I have recognized this... um, kind of like outside in feeling that I feel like I have as a citizen in our country, even though I have representatives that supposedly represent me and my community, I don't feel like that's the case. I feel like we're looking inside their bubble Mm -hmm. and thinking that if we press this button, they'll make this move, not knowing that 
the button that we press is not actually connected to anything and, and that our representatives are going to still do whatever they want because there's just, you know, there's money and there's backdoor things that happen that, you know, aren't broadcast. So I'm definitely, as was discovered in one of the quizzes we'll talk about later, disaffected by uh, politics and I feel disconnected from it, but I also recognize or believe that it's valuable to be knowledgeable about what's happening in the political climate. Mm -hmm. I think it's knowledgeable, uh, not knowledgeable, I think it's beneficial to participate, to to be a part of the voting masses. I know that there's debate about does your vote matter? And for me, it's one of those things, at least I can say I did it. Mm -hmm. And at least if there is in some way an effect that comes out of my vote, then I've participated. But I feel like if I don't participate at all, then no effect can occur. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you're so right about as far as voting, it's what are my intentions with voting? Is it to suit my own needs or is it to help someone else? And I, I think I saw a post somewhere that said it well. It said something along the lines of think about someone else who is either poor or marginalized, somebody outside of your sphere of privilege, Mm -hmm. what do they need? What would help them and vote for that? Uh, I think they said it, they said it way more beautifully, but (laughs) (laughs) that's the, that's the gist. No, but you bring up a great point. I feel like uh, generally um, that's how I vote. I, Mm -hmm. I mean, because I think that because I belong to several marginalized communities, Um, it's of course easier for me to have that perspective because I move and operate within that space, but that's exactly how I consider my vote. I think about what, and this is just a part of what I consider with my vote, but it's a big part. What does this candidate, um, seem to believe and what has this candidate demonstrated about how he or she interacts with, supports, um, and cares for the communities in our country from which they don't have anything to gain. Obviously, we don't know what happens behind the curtains, but still mm-hmm. the things that we do see and the things that we that are shared with us, that is important to me. I also feel like, you know, I feel like I got a pretty good bullshit meter. So I don't <laughs> yes. just like hear what someone says and I'm like, oh, yes, that's perfect. I try to also filter that through what do I see? What do I hear them say about other things that that I recognize as connected, that if they don't recognize as connected, then that actually says more than they think that it's saying about um, how they support these communities or how they support these initiatives that matter to me. So that's a good point. But I, you know, I feel like, honestly, I feel like if more people considered others in how they voted instead of themselves, Um, And when I say people, I'm talking Americans themselves and their own personal religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. Honestly, we would live in a wholly liberal society because that's how that's how it works. Uh You know, those of us with liberal leanings, we just believe in live and let live. Yeah. I don't think that, you know, and as a Christian woman, Mm -hmm. I don't believe that it's an affront to God that I choose to love my homosexual neighbor and I choose not to stigmatize or hate 
or treat with any type of malice my trans neighbors or my trans friends or the people in my community that uh, practice Islam or practice Hinduism. You know, like I just feel like none of those things are really my responsibility. All of those things are God's responsibility. And it's just my responsibility to just be loving, be caring, be as sharing as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. And I feel like so many individuals who tout off their Christianity as the reason for which they they hate and have such Ugh. vile, toxic perspectives toward others. You know, I t <laughs> I'm just, not here to question uh, anybody's Christianity because, again, that's not my job. Howsoever, it makes me, it gives me a big, huge question mark in terms of uh, what are you reading when you read your Bible? Because mm -hmm. I know what I'm reading when I'm reading mine. Yeah, same. And and I agree. And I think you're touching on a lot uh, with this second question. Um what have you learned and unlearned about politics as you have grown? Yeah. Um, but I, I wrote down a lot of notes and, and I get into this colonial version of Christianity a bit <laughs> that, you know, that was something I did have to unlearn. That was a huge thing. Um, so I'll just kind of. Yeah, no, absolutely. Back. Um, for myself, a lot. <laughs> um, I learned a lot. And I'll just state, like, I used to be much more conservative and would vote Republican. Now, let me clarify. I did not vote for Trump in 2016. However, I did vote third party, not knowing what that actually meant, not knowing that it really probably wasn't a vote for him, the third party at all. It was actually right. a vote for Trump. And I, yeah. like, I hate that I did not know that back then. I was right. so unaware. So that was, like, a huge learning thing for myself. And I think primarily it's because of how I grew up. You know, my parents were, are conservative and that perspective is just, has been passed along to me while I was a child. And of course, growing up, I realized, hey, I have my own views and my own perspective and I'm living a whole other life as a human. And I learned beyond my tiny scope of life. And you know, I, I had best friends who were gay and I'm like, guys, like, that's fine. I don't I, I, like I don't see a problem with this. Meanwhile, in the church, my church friends would judge me for it and be like, why is Stephanie friends with gay people? It's just like not right. Doesn't she know she's going <laughs> to like they would actually say if you're friends with homosexuals, you're going to go to hell. Like, oh, my gosh. it's not OK. So ew, gross. Yeah. Um, but as I've grown older, like. Clearly, I've started to lean more towards the left um, as I've learned a lot more about the truth behind America's history and what is taught in schools. You know, the whole we just had Christopher Columbus Day, which yeah. is just asinine to me. And it's still taught this. in schools. I got a cape a little bit for public schools because I was a public school teacher. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of commentary about, well, this is what my teacher taught me. This is what my teacher taught me. The thing about it is I don't believe there is this committee of teachers that are like, we have to teach only this and ignore XYZ. <laughs> now, that said, mm -hmm. these committees or these uh, educators could very well exist because there are plenty of educators who do their best to infuse um, the truth in the midst of these texts and curriculums that are being um, like renewed editions mm -hmm. of 
old curriculums from like the 80s and 90s and 70s. So at some point, yes, I agree. There was definitely a committee Mm -hmm. of educators or or decision making decision makers on the education level that were like, we're not that we're only going to teach this America first and all this bullshit. So I do agree with that. But I would not say that those of us who have who went through school in like the 2000s and the late 90s necessarily had educators who were actively making the choice to deny us um, access or uh, the ability to dig deeper. I really think that the unfortunate thing is that we as educators were just ignorant to a lot of things because we weren't taught it. You Mm -hmm. you go into education and then you teach either what's given to you to teach and, and you're maybe you're not the type of person to shake a lot of trees. You know, I shook trees here and there, but not that fervently. Or you're just not sure how to change what you want to change. And so uh, I just, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not coming to the total defense of public school educators because there are some that are, that should, should not be responsible for the education of anyone's child. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are plenty that I believe really would do things differently if they knew how to do things differently and and also don't necessarily work in environments that support them doing things differently. And I get a whole on a whole soapbox about that. So <laughs> I'm not gonna get that far into it, but yeah. I don't believe the teachers are the starting point for blame. Yeah. Always. No, and I'm glad you call that out because you're absolutely right. And I can only imagine like through the generations, I mean, previous generations, sure, like that's kind of maybe they were taught that, like you said, or they had limited resources or maybe they didn't shake trees. But I can only imagine like as we go through generations and we get more and more teachers, how much more will it change? And and I'm excited about that. I am excited about that. And I, I see hints of teachers here and there and younger teachers who are just like, no, we're not going to talk about Columbus today. I'll tell you the truth about him, yes. but we're going to talk about this instead now. Okay. Exactly. And, and I love that. So I'm glad you called that out. Um, Cause I, I don't want to sound like I'm putting blame on teachers for sure. Um, yeah. So yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as far as back to the Christianity piece, I learned a lot more about this white colonial version of Christianity and spiritual oppression in particular. I, I've spoken to a couple Christians, you know, I was a part of a specific group for a while and I, I don't really go anymore because it was yeah, an organization. You just don't go anymore. Yeah, I just don't go anymore. It, it was a lot of spiritual oppression through my childhood that I'm still having moments where I'm like, oh. Right. That's, they were gaslighting me. Okay. So, and because of that, I've taken some time to like really think on this and understand on a deeper level where that's coming from and why it's happening. And, And I'm thinking about when Christians in America say, you know, we need to vote for someone who will uphold family values within the constitution. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about this. Where in the Constitution does it mention these family values? (laughs) Also, what family or Christian values are you currently supporting? And you mentioned this just a minute ago. What Bible are you reading that says we need to hate on each other and judge each other? And it's funny because a lot of like 
a heaviness of what conservative values are is wanting people in government to stay out of your business. But here you are all up in everyone's business and gay people's business and black people's business and trans people's business and judging them and telling them, no, you can't have control over your body. No, you can't have an abortion. You have no right to make that decision. So for someone that was reading a Bible that says, judge not, you were throwing a lot of judgment. So that's why it's a lot really contradictory for me when they make this comment and these family values. I do think and, about the irony of conservatism in America and in mm-hmm. the just in the belief that the government should not have its hand yeah. in the general life of the individual American. Howsoever, mm-hmm. <laughs> the government should dictate who can get married, who can or should, not even who can or should, um, that someone will give birth. Who is going to be educated in what way? Um, What types of practices will be accepted in our public schools and what will not? What types of practices Mm -hmm. will be accepted in public in general and what will not? What type of programming will be found on the television and what will Like so many things that affect individuals. And you can't, don't believe it goes both ways. Either Mm -hmm. the government's supposed to stay out of your life or they're not. And if they're supposed to stay out of your life, why are you so worried about what goes on in others? Yes. It's, and it's like you, you don't want your guns taken away because it's your second amendment. Right. But you supported the government when it violated everyone's first amendment rights at George Floyd's protests. Correct. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Well, because so you know, where those were all these gun-wielding Republicans when the police force was full-on military force against what were actually peaceful protests? And that's what frustrates me with, especially today, because it seems to be so highlighted now and and extreme more so than maybe I've seen. But also, I say that maybe more than I have been aware because I'm really awakening my awareness of this. Perhaps that's what's happening. And why is it this one religion shall determine what is best for the rest of the people in this nation, especially this colonized whitewashed version of this Christianity that is so judgmental, you know? I, you know, obviously agree with a lot of what we're saying because we have very similar perspectives (laughs) Uh, to that point. uh, I think that it's beneficial to have conversations like this, especially with the people that you keep in your circle. I know one time I feel like I was either scrolling through social media or maybe I'd caught something on YouTube where um, someone had mentioned that you should have people in your circle that have different political beliefs as you, because how are you growing or how are you helping one another understand each other? Mm-hmm. If you know, you have, if you're only around people with the same political beliefs and I'm going to be honest for myself, I, I can't follow that rule. I can't follow that rule. <laughs> like, it's very hard. <laughs> yeah. There's no way I'm going to, that I'm going to be able to really sit with some, with some, uh, like some things we could probably disagree on. Okay. Mm-hmm. We could disagree on things like whether or not we should take one nation under God off the money. Yeah. 
we can disagree on that if we if necessary that's fine um i don't think that i can sit and disagree with you on matters of human rights agree you know? yeah i'm i'm right there with you it's very difficult to carry on i don't want to say carry on a conversation because you can carry on a conversation with someone but it, it's difficult to feel like you're on the same page or have mutual understanding or respect for someone for me when they just say no like women shouldn't have any right to choose to have an abortion i'm right. pro-life meanwhile the term pro-life is already so hypocritical yeah like or, you're definitely oh, not pro-life they shouldn't have rights and this yeah. and that. it's like okay i can't i can't i can't you know yeah exactly and so for when i think about things like i could never be friends with someone who thinks that the idea of black lives matter is debatable like if you think that at any point in time that any part of that is debatable there's no reason for me to to interact with you and i honestly think that the ability or the the choice i guess to to decide to decide whether or not you're going to have people in your circle that sit um maybe on different ends of the spectrum maybe not just maybe in different areas of the gray in some of these political arenas is really something that people with more privilege than i have can can do because i just don't see that i feel like personally for for several of the Mm. things that constitute what makes up my political perspective it rests upon also who I am as a person, who I recognize myself to be, but also what I see in the other humans around me. And I don't find that I could really socially identify with someone who didn't carry the same perspectives as me. Mm. I feel like the person like that is, is dangerous. At some point in time, that person is dangerous. You bring up a really good point about for those who may be able to disagree on those types of things and still move on like that, in and of itself could be a privilege. And I I think that's so right. Cause like, I'm sitting here and thinking if you think homosexuality is just absolutely disgusting and horrible and and you just slander and go off on a rant about it. And I'm just like, okay, no, you're a very hateful person. I cannot be around you. But if it is someone that's just like, I don't agree with it, but I guess they can do what they want. There's still that part of me that's like, okay, we're not really gonna be true friends, but we can at least carry on a conversation. But perhaps there's still that added privilege of like, well, okay, I can let that slide or I, it's not, I'm not gay. I'm not in that marginalized sector. So, you know, maybe that is an added piece to it that, you know, should be also considered. Exactly. Because if I was gay, then I don't get to choose whether or not I can agree with you because it's mm-hmm. a part of who I am. Yeah. So the ability to agree and disagree on several of several things is definitely a point of privilege for people mm-hmm. at, at different like positions on the, on the social scale. Yeah. Cause okay. a white person says black lives matter isn't a valid movement or um, they start to debate about that to you. That's hurtful. Right. And you immediately distrust that person, rightfully yeah. so. And and I would do the same. It's it's more so hurtful for you. But for that person saying that, they're just like, well, okay, I, I guess she just doesn't agree with me. And they go about, about their merry way. Exactly. And for me, there is no agree or disagree because it is my existence. That's the thing. Yep. 
it's not a point of conversation because it's just it is just who I am. And I mm-hmm. and I celebrate people and who they are. And I don't know why I feel like for some it seems so hard to just be celebratory of people in who they are. Mm-hmm. And I say that with the caveat, like, obviously, I'm not celebrating pedophiles and et cetera. So don't no. get up in the inbox no, talking no, no, some no, no, bullshit. No, no. Right? We're just going to nix that right in the bud. Right. We're That's talking no. about celebrating people in the individuals that they are, not in the crimes or the, the shysty things that they do. That said, let's talk a little bit about voting. Okay. Um, and our history of voting. So when did you first become aware of voting and or the importance of voting. Hmm. I mean, I feel like I was aware of voting at a young age, but I just didn't really think about it because I was just like, oh, I can't vote. And I'm also a child. Uh, da, da, da. Well, also, I mean, I think when it comes to children, mm-hmm. you know, children aren't generally aware of voting because, like you said, they, they can't vote. They're so, more concerned with you know, making up stories with their stuffed animals. Yeah, as they should be. Yes. <laughs> Kids yes. should only be concerned about candy and playing with their friends and playing their video games and Yay. designing games and like drawing pictures and saying silly things. Kids should just be concerned about being kids. And it breaks my heart when they're put in positions where that gets taken away because they should, they should, they be, they should be so unaffected because that's the only time in your life when you just really get to, to be a child. Oh, Mm, all the good days. I know. Right. (laughs) If only I could go back. (laughs) Yeah. And as far as like the importance, I want to say it was more or less when I could vote and I started like paying more attention and I was even still, as far as politics, like I just didn't have that conversation with people because when I did, I would get angry and it was more than likely because it was now an argument and I didn't like, I just don't like arguing with people. I just don't. And then it usually will get heated and, and then just like, all right, now I'm mad because shit's fucked up and I don't like it. (laughs) What about you? So I still remember the first time I voted, okay, and it wasn't in any kind of major election. It was actually in, I think, kindergarten. Um, <laughs> I was I was going to a school that, I don't know if it was newly built in my community. All I know is we needed a mascot. And so we actually had two votes that year because it was also an election year. Um, so we, it wasn't an election year because it doesn't matter. So we, um, at one point in time, I know we had to vote for a mascot and I remember voting, I think for us to be the squirrels and, uh, the cubs ended up winning and I was so sad. No, but then I also remember we did vote in, like we had a little mini presidential election, which was so stinking cute. Oh my God. And I remember I voted for Ross Perot because I liked his ears. <laughs> I would never forget. I saw his picture and I liked his ears and how they just stuck out. And I was like, I'm going to vote for him. <laughs> oh, my God. And so That's when so Ross funny. Perot did not become president of the United States, I was so disappointed. Oh, we got what Bill Clinton instead. It was just so funny that <laughs> that's why I was like, "Oh, I like his ears." 
so that was my first experience becoming like aware of voting but then the first uh election i was able to vote in i actually i turned 18 the year of uh george bush jr's was it his first term or no his second term 2004 Mm -hmm. and so um I was so excited. I was in college. They were registering us on campus. We were going to be voting on campus. And for me, that moment was so important. Like I was like, I am really a part of this American community now. Like Mm -hmm. the voice that I have matters. And I, at the time I was rooming with um, a woman who I love dearly, but she and I had different political perspectives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we would sit and talk about some things to some degree. I talked much more loudly and fervently because I got a big mouth. In retrospect, I know I probably would just be talking. And the reason why she didn't speak was because the some the things I was saying, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could be sorry. But at the same time, I'm not wholly convinced that she's as conservative as she probably votes. Um, Mm -hmm. And as she probably thinks she is. And I honestly, that is a theory that I have for a lot of individuals that I've encountered in my life that have called themselves conservative or vote conservatively that I'm like, if you actually took like one of these quizzes that you and I took, you would find that you are not the conservative you think you are. Um, But regardless, um, so I would yammer about that. She and I would talk. And then another one of our friends who later became a third roommate for us a couple years later we would all get together and chat, but I was just so pumped. I was so excited to vote Bush out. I was like, oh, I can't wait to get him the fuck out of that White House. Um, and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it did not happen. Um, I did not win that election, but I did win the next one when President Obama became our president. And that, that at that time actually mm. was the first time that I became aware of the existence of third parties, mm-hmm. what third parties meant, because I was dating someone who was more of a third party type person and he was a bit of a conspiracist. And he would send me things because he was basically expressing that, you know, my decision to vote for Obama because he was black, which was not, I know that he thought that I was voting for Obama because he was black, because I'm black and he is white, my ex boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and a large percentage of my vote for Obama absolutely was because he was black and the first black candidate to mm-hmm. be an actual viable candidate for our country. And why would I ever not? So he would send me videos from YouTube. He would send me things about um, some of the third party candidates that now I can't remember. And so it did for a while though, it did have me teetering on the idea of, okay, well, am I voting for Obama for the right reasons in this, that, and third? I still voted for Obama because, come on, Mm -hmm. Um, both times. (laughs) (laughs) So I recognize the importance of the vote, though, in this last election, like you said, because in this last election, I regret wholeheartedly, I regret so much um, voting third party. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that it was it was idiotic of me. It was prideful of me in some ways to um, make that move. But at the same time, there were a couple of components involved in my vote. One thing is at the time, while I wasn't as aware as I am now, after we took these quizzes, 
it became clear to me why I was so attracted to what was his name? Johnson, was it? Oh, yeah. As the candidate, because mm -hmm. I've learned about myself and the way that I lean politically, he was exactly the right candidate for me mm -hmm. to vote. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't take into consideration, because I'm going to be honest, I didn't take Donald Trump ser seriously no. at all. Uh -uh. I, I didn't I knew him from being just like the goofball rich dude that showed up in movies and also from The Apprentice. And I saw him for the joke that I believed him to be. Yeah. It wasn't until he was the Republican candidate that I was like, you gotta be fucking shitting me. And I still didn't take it seriously. And I really did not think <sighs> that the states yeah. took it as seriously as it seemed that they did. Because I yeah. was like, this is clearly a clown. Yeah. But... I did the same way. I felt the same. I just didn't take it seriously. And I was just like, like, okay, I'm not going to waste my vote on a joke. That's yeah. just stupid. And, but not really realizing the true nature behind him. And, and I, beyond him, I just feel like I didn't set my differences with Hillary Clinton aside enough mm -hmm. in recognition that the fight was more than who wins and sticking it into anybody. But it's also, like you said earlier, it is unfair that those of us who really don't identify with either of these two parties, mm -hmm. that we're kind of boxed into a corner. Yep. And we aren't even, we aren't in reality actually able to vote for the candidate that truly represents us and truly represents what we believe would be beneficial for our country yeah. um, because so much is at stake. And so, you know, I, I don't know, I sigh a lot and I have conflict over my frustration about my choice in 2016. I'm still, I mean, my conflict still leans on, I shouldn't have done it, but it doesn't lean very heavily because I also was being true to myself. But obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. If I didn't know what was at stake, I would I would not have done that. I would have just cried and and, and voted for, you know. Yep. I agree. I'm right there with you because I think I did the same. I think I voted for Johnson as well in that election. And again, not knowing fully what it meant voting third party in a two party system that I didn't know that vote would go that way. Exactly. And yeah, that very it just ditto. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say that I'll never do it again. I hope that I'm never in a position where so much is at stake that I can't be true to myself as an American mm -hmm. and vote for the candidate that best represents my perspectives and best represents what I think would be good for the country. Yes. Um, but I, what I will say is I, I will certainly take much more seriously how much I need to invest in paying attention to the candidates, learning about the candidates mm -hmm. um, and understanding what impact they could have on the landscape of our country long-term. To add to this, to, to this real quick. Um, yes, I would love to see myself voting for someone beyond the two party system. However, things have got to change before I do. Yeah. Otherwise I will always feel like I'm forced into this. It has to structurally change for me to feel confident to do that. But I would love to get there. No, I agree. That's exactly how I feel. I, that's why I don't want to say I'd never do it. But it certainly 
things would definitely have to change systematically for me to feel confident and comfortable. Agreed. Mm -hmm. So I also wanted to mention for the sake of our listeners, and I don't know, I don't know, do you vote in local elections? I do. I was going to say, I hope the answer is yes. Yes. (laughs) It's mostly recently, you know, past couple of years, but you know, better late than never. Right. Yeah. So local elections, the presidential election gets so much coverage because, you know, it's big time. Everybody's kind of looking to see who's going to be the quote unquote leader of the free world. But when it comes down, what's going to most affect you most directly from day to day, those local elections are Mm -hmm. essential. Voting for who's going to be the sheriff impacts law enforcement in your area. Voting for who's going to be the mayor impacts law enforcement in your area, impacts uh, housing in your area, impacts very direct things with education and schooling and districting and things like that in your area. Voting for your school board impacts Mm -hmm. decisions that are made in your school districts. I cannot stress enough when it comes to your school board members, especially as a former public school teacher, you need to be riding the asses of the individuals (laughs) who are on your school boards for real. You Mm -hmm. need to know everything about them in and out. You need to know where their values stand. You need to know what their vision is for the children and the students in the community and not for themselves. Mm -hmm. And you want to know what their motivations are, what is driving their desire to be on the board. Because in most areas, the board um, is who helps choose the superintendent or approves Mm -hmm. the superintendent. And so those types of elections, you cannot undervalue how important they are the same way that we turn out in long lines for presidential elections, um, and, and for congressional elections, we also need to be turning out in those lines in droves. Okay. Mm -hmm for your local elections because if you're if you're not turning out for your local elections but then you're going to like let's say your city hall to complain about something not that you don't have the right to complain you're a citizen in the country i would never say that somebody doesn't have the right to to complain or doesn't have the right to still exercise their rights as a as an american because they didn't vote however you also have to consider that you could have probably saved yourself some of the headache that you're experiencing if you would have voted and maybe the person that you're hollering at wouldn't even Mm -hmm. be sitting in that place. So please, 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 if you're dissatisfied with your mayor, vote your mayor out. If you're dissatisfied with your sheriff, vote the sheriff out. And know also something else that you should know um, and that I know because I I used to be an LEO wife and my ex-husband worked for a sheriff's department all of your sheriff's deputies um at least in the area that i'm from in north carolina your sheriff's deputies serve at the pleasure of the sheriff so if there is an issue with a sheriff's deputy that deputy reports directly to the sheriff the sheriff can hire and fire at will so If you have complaints or you see that there's a deputy, a crew of deputies, whatever, that are um, mistreating members of the community, um, are caping for the mistreatment of members of the community or groups within the community, you ride that sheriff's ass until that deputy is gone. (laughs) You don't need votes. None of that stuff to happen for Mm -hmm. a deputy to be removed from the sheriff's department. Now, when it comes to city police, that's a little bit different. But uh, county police, uh, that's how it goes. Uh, Of course, 
feel free if you live, you know, my experience is North Carolina. If you live in other areas and you have other perspectives, we would be happy to hear it. Just know that all trolling um, emails and comments will either <laughs> be trolled back <laughs> through our, our own commentary or will be ignored. But beneficial information, we're, we're definitely happy to hear. But I can't emphasize enough local elections um, and voting in local elections. That's you just, are just absolutely. I just want to take a moment. The knowledge and education that you just dropped in this podcast, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, the Lord gives it to me to share. I love it. I'm for yes. it. I'm yeah. just like, I'm just going to, let's let them have it. Let's get Absolutely. into this. Let let's, them let's have it. Let's treat our board, our um, school board elections like the presidential elections. Exactly. Let's do that. They are just as, if not more important. Yes. And the fact of the matter is that is the American way. Keeping yeah. your your heel on the necks of these individuals that you have elected to serve you. These are public servants. Mm -hmm. And we get confused or we get fooled into thinking that there's some type of demigods because they they have a certain amount of money in their pocket, which they shouldn't. And they we see them on TV, right? And they're so inaccessible because it's one of them and it's it's two million of us. But the fact of the matter is. That's a public servant. I was a public servant as a teacher. My mother was a public servant as a school bus driver. My grandmother was a public servant as a nurse. And when it comes down to it, your public servants are there to serve. They are not there to be served. So we are not here to serve our president. Our president is here to serve us. Yes. Our senators are here to serve us. Yeah. Our city council and our county commissioners and our sheriffs are here to serve us, not the other way around. And yep. so, yeah, I absolutely, I advocate for keeping heels on necks. I advocate for good trouble. I advocate for civil disobedience because those are the things that are the American way. Mm -hmm. Running around with flags and T-shirts that has a candidate's name on it is not the American way. That is fandom. And mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of anybody but Jesus, okay? So <laughs> yes. I don't need to be running around nobody's name on my chest, on my hat, on my, none of that. Fucking so preach. Yeah. You fucking preach right now. I know, you, right? You were nailing it. Pastor Ann in the house. Man. <laughs> I just, <laughs> and, and you're, you're absolutely right. Because I, I think there is this reversed mentality with public servants right now where it's, you know, what's this Republican president. So it has to be this way. And I'm like, no, because at that point, he's a dictator. He's acting like a little dictator baby. So this place where it's somehow politicians as public servants are different mm -hmm. than your police officers is different than your teachers is different from your nurses is different from your crossing guards. Like, no, none of that is different. All of those people have chosen to serve the public. And look, serving the public is not easy. That shit is mm -mm. hard AF. If you've ever done it, you know. The public is a pain in the fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> that is just facts. I have waited tables. <laughs> I have taught. I know. I've worked in retail. The public is a pain in the ass. But that's what, but you, when you sign up, you know that. And you, you know, you deal with your frustrations, but you serve as much as you can um, with 
the right uh, frame of mind and the right intentions in your heart. That's too true. That is too true. Okay. Well, I have to ask, I think we've covered a lot of this yes. um, in previous conversation, but when you vote, what are some things that are most important to you? Okay. One thing that for me, I feel like is the umbrella under which most of the other things that I care about fall under is human rights. So I vote from the perspective of what is this candidate claiming to do and what has this candidate shown they will do or mostly shown because, you know, begrudgingly, sometimes we have to vote for people that don't fully fit the bill for what we want Um, in terms of human rights. When I was teaching, I got introduced by my mentor to a document called the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. I had never heard of it before, and she had suggested that I learn about it and utilize it in my teaching, because at the time I was teaching an English 2 course, and in North Carolina, English 2 is typically focused on world literature, and she knew that I cared a lot about culture, and I cared a lot about representing cultures appropriately and not teaching some classical white canon of literature. And so she thought that it would be appropriate for me to to look at this document and see how it might inspire my teaching. So. I would encourage everyone to look this up. The Universal Declaration of Human Rights. It was ratified in 1947, I believe, um, led by a coalition, a coalition led by Eleanor Roosevelt, actually. This was after World War II. Um, They ratified it in the UN, I believe. And so it's just a list of 30 rights that all human beings on the planet have. Unfortunately, it was never signed into law as like a world Mm -hmm. law. And as you read it, for obvious reasons, because those who cho- who desire to have power over others would never agree to this whole document because it would tie their hands from being able to just oppress others. Mm-hmm. But it has things in it like everyone has the right to marry. Everyone has the right to education. Everyone has the right to seek asylum in another land um, if they are free- fleeing from oppression or war. Everyone has the right to shelter. Everyone has the right to health or that's not what it doesn't say health. I'd have to pull it back up, but it's a wonderful document that it lists the rights. And then there's a little bit of explanation or or just clarification on what that right means. And so when I look at a candidate, I want to know what is this candidate saying about the way in which he or she intends to support people in marginalized community and people who are poor, people from whom they cannot benefit, people who they can only provide a benefit for. What is this candidate saying about what they're going to do about lobbyists who like to just line pockets of politicians to get their their platform across or to get some kind of bill across they want? Are they going to deny those people access to them and recognize that they are actually servants of the public? I want to know what is this candidate going to do about things like the environment? This is the Mm -hmm. only planet we get. I realize that there's probably some rich people who are planning to like hop on a spaceship and move to Mars or move to the moon, whatever. That's fine. As far as I'm concerned, the Lord gave me earth (laughs) to live on. and I'd like to try to take care of it. So yes, I don't have time for candidates who sit around and want to talk about whether or not the rock that we live on matters or not. Like, mm-hmm. it literally exists. And whether or not you want to recognize that things shift or change, ain't nobody got time for that. Like, no. So I look for things like that. Obviously, um, education's close to my heart. I do want to hear 
the plans that candidates have for education in their communities, education in our country, though I think that most plans that I hear are misguided mm-hmm. or they use a lot of those uh, buzzwords. They use a lot of trigger words that get the general public excited. But when you have actually been an educator and you understand the things that are actually needed, you can see through a lot of that. And honestly, uh, it's flimsy quite often the things that people kind of tout off for education or it never comes, it never comes through. Mm-hmm. I got a whole other theory on that too. So I'm not going to hop on my soapbox about that. <laughs> I got a whole theory on why the American education system will never be fixed. It will always be broken. And then also like, what is this candidate going to do? And I guess this is more on a national level. What is this candidate going to do to keep corporations in their place mm-hmm. to, to recognize that they are businesses and not people that they do not give the rights that people do. And honestly, I also, I want a candidate that is going to recognize that those, the members of our society who are absurdly and disgustingly wealthy, mm-hmm. period, okay, um, have a, a responsibility to participate in the American society and paying taxes in such a way that the spread that's provided is going to benefit Americans. Now, I got also, I got a whole other soapbox about what I feel about how much money people should actually make. Um, but that's because I'm not a capitalist. I'm a socialist, so whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that alone as well. But um, in that in that capacity, who will at least keep corporations and banks and things like that in their place and where they belong and will not allow them to just continue to eat up the poor and eat up the middle class. I mean, basically the middle class really doesn't exist. The middle class is really the working class. Mm -hmm. Um, We work to live, you know, we don't, you know, get to just kind of coast through life unless you live in one of these states with no state income tax and three people live in the whole state. And so the cost of living is like nothing. So those are some things that I care a lot about. And I also care about how is this person on a national level, I care about how is this person going to represent us internationally and how is this person going to support our brothers and sisters in other countries. I do not believe in allies and uh, what is it? Enemies and allies or whatever, Mm -hmm. because I believe like for instance, when it comes to wars, Wars are actually conflicts between individuals, not between countries. You have massive amounts of people, men and women, that go and fight other men and women in other countries that don't know each other, don't know anything about one another, probably would like each other if they met each other individually, but they're fighting and killing each other and dying because two people who sit in some position of leadership are having conflicts or some disagreement over over something or one person wants to take over another person's house. You know, and I feel like it it makes more sense to go into like a, a more Spartan type uh, arrangement when it comes to <laughs> how we settle these differences. When the men let- in power get their butts hurt, right. you guys well, need to just fight it out amongst yourselves. Exactly. Put them in an Mm. arena, let them fight it out between the two of them, and then I bet you we wouldn't see so much of this shit go on. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy 
to decide to take another person's life, especially when you're not there to watch it happen. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is stroke a pen and who knows how many thousands of lives are going to be lost because you want to prove a point. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, I also care about um, when it comes to a president, that's something I definitely care about. How trigger happy do you seem to be? How much do you have compassion and empathy for people in other mm-hmm. in other countries and other cultures? And how supportive are you are are you um, in our international community? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's me. I'm gonna sell <laughs> <laughs> when I vote. Those are things that I look out for. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think I'm right there with you. You said a lot of things that again, of course, because we agree. Um, it, human rights is a huge one for me those basic human rights. And, and I'm glad you brought up the um, Declaration of Universal Civil Rights. Wait. The Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Of Human Rights, yes. We'll put a link to that in the show notes for you guys if you want yeah. to check it out. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's great to be reminded about that because that's it's basic human rights. Like, why is it a thing in this capitalist environment that if you can't afford healthcare, you're, you just cool. I'll guess I'll die. Like, why is that? Okay. Right. And and it's funny because people would say that jokingly, but it's so true. Like that is absolutely the mentality and that's just not okay. Like I have spoken to people who feel that way and they're just like, well, guess they should have worked harder. Right. Then they could be probably like afford healthcare. And I'm like, I'm talking to you right now. Wow. The entire point has just been missed. Okay. It, it, and it's, it's enraging to, to hear that point of view. Also education. I mean, when it comes to teacher teachers comp and children's education, like it, it's baffling to me that entertainers and football players make astronomical mm-hmm. amounts of money. Excuse me. Men athletes make yes. astronomical amounts of money. I'm so disgusted at the difference between what, I mean, if it's going to come down to it, you know, and athletes are going to make a a disgusting amount of money, why the ladies make, Mm -hmm. I mean, they make equivalent to what a lot of the teachers here in the DC area make to play the same sport. There was a comparison of, I think LeBron James and his counterpart on the WNBA. It is bonkers. It's, it's, uh, if you want to get mad about it, I, I advise you to go look it up because it's yeah. ridiculous. And and this whole concept of like, why? It's funny because Corey explained to me like, well, you know why they make so much money, right? Because capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, maybe I don't like capitalism. <laughs> and, and just like, I could have told you that you don't like uh, capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, wow, guys. <laughs> And thinking about someone I am voting for, like, do they understand and acknowledge that systematic racism is a very real thing in the U.S.? Will they make a point to make changes on how our youth is educated in this regard? Will they make a point to help remove whitewash history and help that? And I know we talked about this, too, that this is a lot with educators as well. And there are teachers who are helping this movement. Will people in places of leadership like the presidency have that same view, you know, to your point with big corporations and the heavy impact of their decisions within this country. Is this, will someone I vote for stand against that type of setup and 
acknowledge and listen more to the actual people that live in this country and not a corporation because money, you know? Um, And and apparently I, I should mention this as well, because surprisingly we'll get to this soon. One of my top parties that I scored in was the green party. So clearly conserving and improving the environment is a huge deal for me. I, and, and when I learned about the consumerism behind eating meat and the reason why a lot of our, a lot of these methane gases are ruining our atmosphere is from these cattle and pig farms because we just got to consume meat and we, it's all about consumerism. It's all about making money and it's all, and I'm like, wow, money's literally killing everything, isn't it? <laughs> it's killing the earth. Well, they have a mindset, I, I guess, as person I vote for, where do they stand in this regard, do they care about things beyond themselves, or is their primary focus money, military, general authoritarian? Is that where they are? Because if that's where they are, no, thank you. So, um, in this vein, uh, as we prepared for this episode, we decided we didn't want to just start talking out of our asses, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> we wanted to see. Where do we actually fall when it comes to our political beliefs? What are some things that are important to us? And so we took three different political quizzes, which we will include in the show notes. One from the Pew Research Center. The other called the Political Compass Test. And the one that was my personal favorite, um, the I side with 2020 political quiz. We're going to talk about our personal data that came out of these quizzes. But I want to really encourage you, especially if maybe you're not sure how you're going to vote yet. Um, I don't want to belittle people and be like, I'm not sure how you don't know. But if you don't know, then it really would behoove you instead of trying to watch the debates and listen to these people rattle off the things that they say. It would really behoove you to actually take one or more of these quizzes that's going to be very informative for you to help you know exactly who you should be voting for um, in this election and in future elections. Yeah, it's it's really enlightening to see and discover some things about yes. yourself and take a real an introspective moment to think about what do I really think about certain things? And yes. I'll be honest, there were a lot. There were quite a few questions I had to pause and look up and research before I could answer because it was maybe either something I heard in passing and never really looked into or something I have not heard about. Same. So we'll start with the I side with quiz. One thing that I remember from this quiz, like you said, there were things that I had to look up. And as a matter of fact, when I was taking the quiz, there were moments where I was like, cause I mean, you don't have to answer every question. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I'm just not going to answer it. I don't know anything about this, but then I was like, no, and you don't know anything about this. So you should learn. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I took the time to look up anything that I wasn't familiar with. And that was really helpful because it helped me make an actual educate, like make an educated decision about how I felt about that particular thing. Mm -hmm. So my results, according to the I side with quiz, (laughs) shocker, shocker. I am my most ideal candidate is actually third party candidate, Howie Hawkins. (laughs) (laughs) of the green party i am a green party socialist basically i was i identified 92 percent of my answers show that i was a green party well not 92 percent of my answers i think i am 92 percent green party in my identification 
I am 86% in identification with the Democratic Party, which I think that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, 56% libertarian also makes sense to me when I think about how I um, <laughs> align. And then <laughs> my heart broke when I saw that I oh, no. was 19% aligned with the Republican Party. And I Trump. have a theory that it was because you were okay with gun rights. Yeah. So when it, just flat out say no, no guns. Yeah. When it came down <laughs> to the guns, and I, I agree, I think it was the guns questions. Mm-hmm. Because when it came down to the guns questions, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in the South. So the idea, uh, and like my grandfather always had guns. It wasn't a, a thing where it was strange or out of the ordinary to be around firearms Mm -hmm. or to have people in my family that used, like I remember one time my grandmother was out in the backyard and had seen a snake and had come in the house and got a rifle and went back outside and shot the snake's head (laughs) off. So Southern. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was just like, so I, um, I have no, I, not only do I not have an issue with guns, I really do feel, um, I do desire to have firearms in my home. I don't really desire to walk around and, like, have a concealed weapon. Oh God, no. I, mean, I do carry other types of concealed weapons, so don't run up on me, okay? But I don't generally yeah. carry um, but yeah, I do think that as an American citizen, I should be able to have guns, um, have as many guns as I want. I don't agree with having assault rifles. Mm. I don't think anybody, including law enforcement, no, needs neither. to be having assault rifles. Um, those are war weapons and they should stay like, it's like having cannons and Gatling guns. It's just absurd and ridiculous. Ain't nobody need those. What do you need that for? What do you exactly. need that for? Come exactly. on. Yeah. Stop. So when it came down to um, the candidates I aligned with, I aligned the most with Howie Hawkins and then next uh, Joe Biden, which I put in, in parentheses Kamala Harris. Let me be clear. Oh, my oh. vote uh-huh. for this election. My vote is for Kamala Harris. <laughs> yes. That is when I get asked, who did you vote for? My answer is Kamala Harris. I don't yeah. care that that was not the first name on the ticket. That is who I voted for. Um, had he not chosen her as his running mate, and I prayed that he would, so I'm, I'm thankful to, to God that he gave me that, um, because it would have been so much harder for me to vote for him and, and not vote Green Party. Like, I probably would have cried. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so 80%, 86% Kamala Harris. Um, but as far as political parties, I align the most with the Socialist Party. Again, mm-hmm. no shocker there. And then equally with the Green Party. Um, and then from that, Democrat, Libertarian, and then Republican. Nice. So that's my that's my breakdown. Well, we are pretty closely aligned are. for the most part. Um, so this is my candidate breakdown. 96% Howie Hawkins with the Green Party. And 90% Biden, which is interesting. So it's pretty high with green and democrat um, which makes sense in knowing you mm-hmm. that makes sense to me yeah yeah um i got 50 percent with brian carroll on american solidarity and i honestly what is american solidarity i have no idea i was gonna ask have, you 
I don't know. I probably should look that up, but I'm up like for me, so what? I don't even know what it is. And maybe if I had saved this account, it would be easier to click through this than like a screenshot. But I'm curious to see like what answers. And this is the cool thing too about these quizzes. You can see what specific answers align with parties or um, candidates. Yeah, if you take this quiz, which I encourage everybody to do, um, mm -hmm. definitely save your account so that you can look through and see, according like, to your answers, <laughs> what candidates and what parties fall along according to the answers that you left. Because that was also really informative. Mm -hmm. For sure. And then 28% Libertarian and 1% Republican. And as far as the party breakdown, uh, I have 97% Green, 96% Socialist, <laughs> 95% Democratic. So my top three, I, it's, I'm a Green Democratic Socialist. Yes, you are. My father yeah. would be so proud. I know, right? <laughs> I'm also a Green Democratic Socialist. This must be why we get along so well. Uh -huh. Now, I am also 93% Peace and Freedom, which I, I that's a party of, haven't... I don't know anything. I haven't heard of the Peace and Freedom or the Constitution Party. The Constitution Party, I'm 1%. And then I got 0% Republican. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, I was did like, well, you tell right. your, <laughs> Did you tell your dad that you are a Green Party Socialist Democrat? Or Democratic no. Socialist. No, see, I had the thought to send this to my family. Be like, <laughs> like, look at these. These are really fun to take and they're really insightful. But at the same time, I'm like scared to do that. <laughs> I put it on Facebook. I was like, hey, if you don't know where you align politically, here's this great quiz you can take. Um, I haven't heard that anybody's taken it. But these are the things that I feel like for some of the people that I know, if they took these quiz think quizzes thinking that they aligned with a more conservative view. I really believe that they would find that they don't. I think they're going to find some very surprising results. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same. Because I, I, I was surprised at how high I scored as a Green Party. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I would score that high with the Green Party. Right. I thought I would score higher with socialists than with Green Party. So. Me too. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was surprised how high that was on my list. And I was like, oh, I care about this more than I realized. Like, I right. knew I care about it. But yeah. I guess... And, and what's interesting, too, with these tests is they break them up by categories. So you answer questions regarding social, which may be questions about Planned Parenthood funding, abortion, gay marriage, government mandates regarding birth control, etc. Or topics regarding social foreign policy, the environment, domestic policy, education, crime, and so on and so on. And there are certain sections I kept clicking, like, more show me more more questions more questions more questions more questions and i think i did that for social and crime mm -hmm. and the environment maybe i think i, I like there were specific ones i kept like nope i want to keep asking i want to keep answering questions on this like and, and like oh. that is a key component to show me like oh wow i have clicked answer more questions like 15 times in this section this is clearly a big deal for me <laughs> so i would wonder what your results would be so i answered all the questions Ooh. so for every single section i clicked more questions until there were no more questions to answer see and i didn't do that. there were sections i tried to click more questions on all of them but mm -hmm. there were some after like one or two clicks i was like okay i think that's good i think maybe foreign policy because again, I didn't have that. That's pro like an indicator I should 
maybe yeah that was one I did myself on that yeah Mm -hmm. um so I did click a couple times and I was like okay these are I'm gonna have to like come back and really research this more but I I did get like a general sense of maybe where I stand with that roughly but that but then it was just more like oh we're oh crime's the next one we're gonna get into this (laughs) (laughs) well honestly judging by your political compass uh grid even if you answered all the questions, I still think you would get the exact same results that you have now. Yeah. So the next uh, the next quiz that we took was the political compass test. And this one was not necessarily one of my favorite quizzes. But I will say that the great and fun thing about it, or the thing that I liked the most about it, was the fact that your results come back in this grid, which I believe is so much more appropriate in describing where you fall politically versus just saying left and right because there is also the authoritarian libertarian degree spectrum or whatever so they actually present your political standing in a quadrant and so you have your x and y axes on the x axes the spectrum is from left to right and then on the y axes your spectrum is from authoritarian to libertarian and so both of us we were we are located in the bottom left quadrant Mm -hmm. which is we are more Mm left-leaning and more libertarian stephanie is further left and more more libertarian (laughs) than me But see, what I love about your, maybe this is what you get when you actually create the account, is it has like this little badge with your name, and it shows you political leaders that fall within these quadrants. So you can see who you most relate to in these quadrants. And I really like that. Yeah, I'm trying to like zoom in on yours, and and I can't. So who all is shown in this diagram within this quadrant? So in my quadrant, I have Mahatma Gandhi, Bernie Sanders, Nelson Mandela, Noam Chomsky, Thomas Paine, which I, let me tell you something, I love the writings of Thomas Paine. (laughs) So that is so funny that I fall in the same political spectrum. Now, apparently he's more libertarian than me, but Thomas Paine has got some great papers that he's written. I remember reading his stuff in college and being like, this man is on it. So that should have been a clue to me <laughs> to start with <laughs> that I might have been a little bit more left-leaning. Um, let me see who else is here. Caroline Lucas, which I don't know who that is. Emma Goldman, who I also don't know who that is. Um, but yeah, so that's who sits in the quadrant with me. So that gives you an idea of kind of like where I am politically. And I'm going to be honest, in 2016, I was really hoping that Bernie was going to become our candidate. <sighs> I was hyped for Bernie. Me too. And I was oh, ready Bernie. to I was ready to um <sighs> to vote for Bernie. So I America's just not ready for him yet. Well, um, unfortunately, I don't I don't think yeah. America's ever going to have the opportunity. Yeah. Because he's he's a little bit up there, but No, Bernie, be a robot and live forever. <laughs> <laughs> I do like me some Bernie Sanders. So yeah, that's my that's my political compass certificate. Yeah, so if you like Stephanie said, if you make a if you save your account after you do your um, quiz, or you can make an account first, whichever works for you, then you get a certificate with your badge, um, your information. If I can post it to Instagram or Twitter, I will. So you guys can. I mean, yeah, do that. 
it is what it is. I'm not Maybe afraid or ashamed. What I will do is actually create an account and we can have like the two. Yeah, I think that'd be nice just so that you guys can see it. And hopefully we can encourage you, especially anyone who actually is undecided to give these quizzes a shot and then, you know, kind of see where you fall and and inform your vote. Mm -hmm. The last quiz we took was from the Pew Research Center. I'm going to be honest, this was my least favorite. So I'm I'm pretty critical of quizzes when I take them, quizzes like this particularly, um, because I've also had a little training in designing them but mm-hmm. also because being a, a literature an English major a language and literature expert I can recognize flaws in the phrasing of terminologies and statements and but at that said I know that sometimes these these terminologies and statements are phrased in what might be perceived as a more extreme way purposefully yes but anyway I um so I wasn't as wild about it, but when I finished this, it identified me as a disaffected Democrat based on my responses. And I had to say <laughs> that it is true. Like I was like, I don't yeah. know what this means, but at the same time, this is correct. I am a disaffected Democrat. So what is Democrat. the explanation that you get for disaffected Democrats on that result? Okay, let me pull it up. Okay, so... For the disaffected Democrat, it says this majority minority group mostly identifies as Democratic or leans toward the Democratic Party. Disaffected Democrats strongly believe the economic system unfairly favors powerful interests and that business corporations make too much profit. Relatively few believe their family has achieved the American dream and 24 percent believe it is out of reach for their family. Mm-hmm. Most say the government should do more to help the needy and that poor people have hard lives because the government benefits do not go far enough to help them live decently. In contrast to other democratic oriented groups, a majority, 63%, and this would be 63% of disaffected Democrats, characterizes government as almost always wasteful and inefficient. Mm-hmm. And that is accurate. <laughs> that is accurate in terms of how I feel. That's why I say, even though I wasn't wild about the quiz, it's still right. Yeah. It's still yeah. very right about me. Well, for mine, I got, surprise, surprise, <laughs> solid, li- <laughs> solid liberal. Just... And there's a spectrum from left to right, like solid liberal is the furthest left and core conservative is the furthest right. I think, well, the furthest right is bystanders, but when it comes to left versus right, um, I wasn't expecting that far left, but I guess I'm not surprised. (laughs) It makes sense the more I read and see what's going on like it of course of course i lean towards the left and socialism of course i do and the explanation for this one um it says highly educated and politically engaged solid liberals hold consistently liberal values they back a robust role for government and are strong advocates for the social safety net Large majorities view the current economic system as unfair and see economic inequality as a major problem. Mm -hmm. They take broad, broadly positive views of immigrants and fully 99% think being open to people from 
around the world is an essential part of the nation's identity. Uh, yeah. Most say more needs to be done to address both racial discrimination and obstacles to women's achievements. They support same-sex marriage and believe homosexuality and trans should be accepted by society. Solid liberals are the most democratic of all typology groups. Nearly two-thirds, or 64%, identify as Democrats. Another 35% lean toward the Democratic Party. So that's all true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, like, I'm surprised. I was surprised at the results, but at the same time, not surprised. It, it yeah. makes a lot of sense. And and when I took these quizzes, it was a lot of self-reflection, to be honest, and a lot of forced research. Now, to your point about this last one, the extreme verbiage that was used, I could see it being a tipping point or, or more triggering. Yeah. Because when it did get to, let me find a specific question. Uh, that it asked for environment for the environment section. One of the questions it's, it's you choose on a scale and, and a phrase that you most agree with. And mine was stricter environmental laws and regulations are worth the cost. And I remember seeing that and I'm like, yes, God. And the, another one, immigrants today strengthen our country because they, because of their hard work and talents. That was another one. That I was just like, um, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Let's see, my but I problem- could also see the opposite side of the spectrum where if a conservative saw that, they would be like, no, and then just answer the extreme. Does that make sense? It does. My issue with that particular one was that it it perpetuated the stereotype of yes. immigrants as hardworking. Yeah. And I don't think you're right. I'm not saying that being hardworking and being an immigrant is necessarily mutually exclusive, but I think that it what it does is it perpetuates this idea that um, someone could immigrate to this country and they're going to just, you know, be continually pushing through as a part of the working class until they become maybe a part of more white collar where they could very well come to the country and be lazy. And that doesn't make them any less beneficial to the makeup of, of our society. That's the way I That's feel true. about it. Yeah. No, and you're so absolutely like right about people that. People say things like, oh, Latinos or Mexicans are so hardworking. I don't like yeah. that because it doesn't mean that they're not. But it's the same as when they, they would categorize black people as being so strong. So then what happens as a result of that is that things like, uh, black people complaining about pain or black people enduring hardship is not taken as seriously because there's this perception that we're strong people. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so those, those were the types of things that I was yeah, like, that makes sense. I know that you think you're saying something good, but actually I don't like how this is phrased. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, hopefully we have provided you guys with some inspiration Maybe if you were on the fence about voting at all, which I hope that you weren't, but let's say you are, hopefully we gave you some inspiration to actually vote. Um, Hopefully we gave you some information to help you as a voter know yourself better. I will say after taking these quizzes and getting this information, I feel more confirmed Mm -hmm. in knowing that what I say about myself politically is right. It is how I actually feel politically, because as I have completed these assessments, 
I see that, yes, this is ex- exactly how I feel politically. And I feel like completing quizzes, tests like this, I'm not going to say should be required, okay? But I'm just saying that it does more help than hurt. It does, yeah. And it really makes you a fully loaded voter when you go to the polls because you know exactly what it is mm-hmm. that you want. You know exactly who it is you want. And you know exactly why you want that person not because granddaddy told you that this is how we vote in this family but because you actually know what matters to you and what you think would be beneficial for our country so this inspires me for a good inspo spot okay that sounds good then let's move to the inspo spot all right So for this, while you were discussing this, like just because your granddaddy told you the right way to vote or to think, um, honestly, for this inspo spot, I would encourage you if you are hesitating on voting or if you are confused about where you stand or if you still have that, honestly, if you have that mindset, my parents vote this way and this is going to help them or our lives or our rich family, whatever the case may be. If you still have that thought, push yourself to think beyond your parents' political party. Think about what it is that you need from your perspective and also the people around you. Perhaps you may land back and maybe you do share the same political party, or maybe you will surprise yourself and realize you're not what you thought you were. Um, so maybe these quizzes can help you figure that out. Um, there's a lot of great information in them. That would be my inspo spot is just push yourself to think beyond what are, what, what's your family and po- like parents, political party, like really think about that and take that introspective moment and time for yourself. I agree. Um, I think that if there's anything inspirational that I could leave you all with today is shake some trees, man. <laughs> Like, seriously, don't be afraid to to swim against the current. Speak out against things that you believe are wrong, that are not in violation of others' human rights. Yes. So That's if how you change, believe, change gets made in America, right? Exactly. If you believe mm-hmm. someone's marriage is wrong, you should just keep that to yourself and never open your mouth about it. But <laughs> if you believe things like locking kids in cages and ripping families apart is wrong, yeah, we should definitely speak out about that. Even like Stephanie said, within your own family, if you are the special fish with the different colored scales, that's okay. That's okay, and there's nothing wrong with shaking things up because, like she said, that's how things get changed. Um, I want to inspire you that you are in good company by making the choice to look around and say, no, justice and peace are the things that we want to pursue. And justice for all does not mean what I prefer but mm-hmm. rather what is going to allow every human being in this country and on this planet to live their lives in peace and, and as much harmony as possible without oppression and without interference from um, any powers that believe that they're powers. Know that 
power in and of itself is an imaginary construct that does not actually exist outside of people giving it its own existence. So that's me, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start getting in my bag <laughs> if I get too far into it. Um, so just shake some trees, be civilly disobedient, cause good trouble. Mm-hmm. That's my inspo spot. Oh, I love it. Okay, everyone, thank you for joining FaceTime Chats. If you like our show and you want to know more, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at, at FaceTime Chats Pod. Please remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your streaming platforms. And I want you to keep in mind, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So speak often and speak loudly. Keep learning, keep growing, and keep being better. See you next time. Bye. Bye.